real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, <laughs> well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Helen, how are you? I'm very well, J. Keith. Oh, you look great. Now, speaking of looking great, you were telling me uh, before the show that you are having some sort of. Uh, I am considering oh? getting my first plastic surgery. Helen, why? What's there to improve? Well, I know, I am kind of perfect, but as a Korean woman, it is a rite of passage, Jakey. I did not know not. this. This yeah. is a big, the big part of Korean yeah. lady culture? Yeah, absolutely. You know how like uh, uh, Mexican uh, uh, girls have quinceanera when they familiar. turn 15? Yes. Yes. And then uh, Jewish girls have a bat mitzvah. Yes. Korean girls get plastic surgery. I did not know that. Yeah, it's Are you thing. registered anywhere? <laughs> Plasticsurgery.net. All right. What are you thinking of getting done? Uh, I'm getting, I have this little, like, little tiny bulb of fat under my chin. Oh, you do not. And I'm thinking about getting it sucked out so that I have, like, yeah. a sharp jawline. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that up from the side, I'm just as sexy as I am from the and front. And where are you in the process? Have you, have you researched this? Uh, have you... I am, I am t I'm researching surgeons right now and yeah. other practitioners, and I'm getting quotes. Wow, they're expensive. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm going to try to get a coupon. Yeah, I'm going to try to find a, a Now you're speaking my language. Or a Groupon. Yeah. If anybody knows, they refer a friend, 10% discount hey, deal. Hey, like if we get 10 people to go and get plastic surgery together, we yes. can all get a discount? Guys. Who's in? Who's in? Come on. No? A couple people. All right. A couple yeah. people maybe should be, but I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> Uh, My sister is afraid that I, this is going to be like uh, opening the floodgates and I'm going to be, you know, in five years, like with the giant puffy lips and, you know, looking like a little Kardashian-esque. Yeah. We just want you to be happy, Helen. Yeah. I have a tiny anecdote. Uh, what's going on with me is that uh, last night I, uh, I I got a car. I got a new car. You did? I did. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Just yeah. last night. Just just last night. And I and uh, I was I was leasing a new car. And I was very proud of myself because I did all this research and I knew exactly the car that I wanted. And, and I figured out the best place. And I I uh, emailed to all these different dealers and having them compete against each other. Ooh. And I did all this research about you know if I get this option I'll pay this less thing on this. And then uh, and, I, and I actually compared like what were the lease rates around the country and what's the best in my in my area. And so I went in and I negotiated this great price, and then uh, I, I get the key and I drive it off the lot, and the window doesn't go down. Uh, and I realize, in all my excitement, uh, I neglected to test drive the car. <laughs> wow! Yeah, and apparently there's a reason you're supposed to drive the car first before you buy it. Wow! In case the window doesn't go down or the mirrors don't work or anything, anything like that. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. So you know how they say like your your car, a new car loses value as soon as you drive it off the lot? Yeah. It it, it lost value before I drove it <laughs> off the lot. Wait, this is a brand new this car. Is brand new. And the window doesn't work. And the window does not work. Wait, did you drive right back and go, yo, the window don't work? No, because it was a Saturday night. Like the service department had, had left, you know, uh, the, the day before. So now I'm driving around with a with a with a window that won't go up or down. But on the plus side, it makes a very appealing grinding sound when you push the button. <laughs> because despite the fact that I know in my consciously that the window does not go up or down, I still keep pushing the button as if it is going to all of a sudden. So I may be making it worse. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for your congratulations, and come check out my new car. <laughs>
Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, later on, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics, and finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest, Helen, who was up first. She is an actor, comedian, writer, producer, and fitness instructor who starred on Mad TV and whose stand-up special, White Latina, is streaming online now. It's Jill Michelle Melian. Jill Michelle Melian. <laughs> Right there, Jill Michelle. Jill brought her purse, also a uh, Like a, a true Latina. Yes. yes. <laughs> She's not leaving that purse oh, yeah, nowhere. Uh, no, I, I accidentally said Jill, but you go by Jill Michelle. I go by Jill Michelle, and then friends call me Jilly. All right. So, have oh, we earned that right yet? You have. Yay! Yay! Hi, Jilly. Hi. It's fun to say. <laughs> Isn't it fun? It's it makes great. everything sweeter. Now, did I say it right? Melian. Melian, si. Oh, Glass. si. Yes. Ay, ay, ay. Ay. You were telling me beforehand that uh, you and Helen uh, know each other from stand-up world and, and performed on the same show together. Yes. What was that show? Hot Tamales. And I looked at her and I said, you are not Latin. <laughs> and I said, I take offense to that. I am the sticky rice tamale. And I said, all right. <laughs> it all worked out. Uh, you were the first Latina on Mad TV. Yeah, first Latina cast member. Cast member yeah, me. so that's uh, always something I can say because the show's canceled, so yeah. that's awesome. So, yeah. um, so you were the first and only? First and only. You were only. the first and the last. First and the last. The yeah. alpha and the omega. Yeah. Uh, and, and what did that mean to you to, to have that kind of representation on network television? Well, I thought it would really launch my career. Oh. And look where I am today. Hey, now wait just a cotton pick. <laughs> nah, she, she kind of makes a good point. Uh, no, no, you seem to be doing quite yeah. well. Uh, you were known for your Britney Spears uh, impression among Oh, among yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yes. Yo, yes. I'm shook. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> just hearing it just now, I'm shook. They say a great impression, you don't even need words. You, you don't. It. You don't. Do you think that's what got you the gig? Um, no, actually, the, the, Drew Barrymore got me the gig. Oh, Drew, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, so Drew's, she's like this, guys. Like, it's so exciting to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! That's great. How did that you, you also shook. Also shook. Uh, how did you get good at impressions? Is something you worked on? Uh, um, as it come to you naturally. I think it, it was a thing as a kid. Um, it was my coping skill. Um, I would just like lose myself in other people, and it, I would actually be able to say things that I wanted to say as mm. other people, and then uh, not so much as Jill Michelle. So that's how I think how it started. Yeah. Who's your favorite impression that you've ever done? What's my favorite impression? I have to say it's Drew because growing up I was called the Latina Drew Barrymore when I was younger. Now we kind of don't look that much alike anymore, <laughs> but when I was younger it was like this fire starter, I really thought I could start fires. I really, <laughs> I tried so hard. I think I popped a blood vessel in one eye once trying so hard. Did you get close? Did you get smoke? Nothing. 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 Oh, it's an Nothing. <laughs> uh, tell us about the show White Latina. It's on, uh, it's on Amazon now? Amazon Prime. If you guys have Prime, um, yeah. it's on Amazon. Amazon Prime, it's free for you guys. Uh, it's white Latina. So like half of my face is done like a white girl. I always say like if, I, if I'm not wearing hoops and I talk like this, everyone thinks I'm white. But if I go like this, everyone knows that with the hoops now <laughs> and the accent, I'm three Latina. So it's a great um, special. It's like the last 15 years of my standup. Um, you know, even though we had little specials here and there, it's kind of I was able to just give you guys all that information. There's impressions or stuff about my family. And then towards the end, we get a little bit more edgy. Talks about some dating stuff and other life experiences. What, what is your ethnicity? I am actually Bolivian and Irish. 
Oh. Yes, but grew up in Miami, so of course there's all the Cubans there. So I'm Cuban by association because I speak like a, a Cuban when I talk, you know. And we speak Spanglish too, so it's like, oh, how are you doing, man? And then you go, oh, you're going to go Okay. Like it's like, it just goes in and out. It's horrible. We Where does the Irish it. come in? The Irish is the drinking, which I've already had. <laughs> Uh, in your intro, Helen also mentioned that you are a fitness instructor. Yes. Uh, wh wh what do you teach and, and where do you teach? Um, I teach at Equinox and I also private train. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I love fitness because I'm hyperactive and growing up, my mom, instead of putting me on medication for ADHD, she was like, got a huge trampoline and she was like, just jump. And I, <laughs> so I learned that. That was the treatment back serious. then? Yeah. That was, she was like, I can't. But she was so great because she was like, I don't want to stifle your creativity. Um, so she would know that if I went and jumped for, you know, whatever, 20 minutes or whatever, came back in, I was able to focus better. Mm. So that's always been my thing. So that's why I'm always in fitness as well. And yeah. you have amazingly strong ankles. Thank you very much. How, how did this come up? Uh, trampoline. Isn't oh, that, what, isn't that what, like, okay. Uh, what? It's just ankles. I, right? I thought something happened in the green room that I was not aware of. Uh, now, you mentioned that you're very into fitness. I, for one, in case it's not abundantly apparent, uh, am not into fitness. Uh, how, how do you get someone who's not into fitness to, to enjoy it or to at least do it? Um, I say if you like to eat, then come into fitness because then you can eat more. <laughs> I'm in. I think I'm gonna. Eat, go. I think I'm gonna eat more. I Sold. like that. I like any kind of uh, any kind of a philosophy or practice that involves me eating more. Yes. So I think it's a win-win for all of us. It's wonderful to have Miss Jill Michelle Melian. Thank you. Did I say it right? Yes. Melian. Okay, I wanted to make sure. Yes. Helen, against whom will Jill Michelle be competing today? He is a comedian, voice actor, and writer who created and hosts the True TV show Adam Ruins Everything Woo! and the <laughs> and the podcast. Factually, with Adam Conover, it's Adam Conover! Hello, Adam. Hi. Hi. Thank you Wonderful to me. have you here. Uh, before we talk about uh, the projects that Helen mentioned, I wanted to uh, mention that on our very last episode, we did a segment on BoJack Horseman. Yeah. And uh, you, of course, have play a voice on many episodes in BoJack Horseman. I play Horseman. a couple voices, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you also have a very interesting connection to how you got involved in that show. Yeah, my, uh, that show was created by my friend Raphael Bob Waxberg, who I was in a sketch comedy group with that started at our college called Old English. And then we were roommates for about three years in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, and then, is that for Brooklyn it, or for roommates? You like roommates? <laughs> we got some roommates in the crowd. Give, uh, it, give it up for splitting the bills. Yeah, yeah. 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 And boy, did we split them. And <laughs> one thing led to another, and, and uh, he went on to create the show and gave me a couple parts on it. That's terrific. Now, a lot of the shows that you do have to do with uh, getting down to the facts and, and debunking yeah. myths and really sort of being a smarty pants. Uh, do, do, you, do, <laughs> right. do you come from a family of smarty pants? Yeah, I'm actually the only member of my family who doesn't have a PhD, uh, <laughs> what? which is a shitty standard to live up to. Um, <laughs> Really excited about that. I, um, I'm the black sheep with a bachelor. Uh, I'm, I'm the dropout who couldn't hack it. What do your other family members do? Uh, my dad's a marine biologist. My mom's a botanist. My sister is a nuclear physicist. What? Or at least that's what I used to say. And then she said, uh, well, she told me once, she was like, you know, you've been saying that for years on stage. Actually, I'm a particle physicist. So <laughs> you got you got well actually yeah. by your sister. Yeah, you're, you're, wow. I'm actually too stupid to know what branch of physics. <laughs> She does. So how do they feel about you going into comedy? Uh, they're supportive now. <laughs> really? <laughs> After you've had success, now yeah. they're on board. No, yeah. they were always they were they were always very supportive. Oh my god, um, so yeah. you know exactly how it feels to be in a Korean family. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now on the TV show Adam ruins everything. Some of the things you've ruined include voting, sex, football, dating, art. Yeah. 
what's left to ruin for people? My belief is that you can look into anything more deeply, mm. right? Any topic, name a topic. We probably have a lot of assumptions about it, mm. and we probably aren't thinking that deeply about it on a day-to-day basis. And if you lift up, you know, the rocks of whatever that is, you can. there's a lot of bugs scurrying underneath, no matter what it is. So, mm. you know, I feel that I can do what I do for an almost infinite amount of time you wherever have, I'm doing it. You have blown my mind about so <laughs> many topics. I'm also about to go to Hawaii for a gig next month, mm. and you ruined Hawaii for yes, me. Yes, Hawaii. So, so thanks for that. Hawaii was illegally seized, not even in, like, a normal way that we that America did to most uh, Native Americans, where it was, like, through warfare or something like that. It was literally just... The uh, we just sort of absorbed it in a way that was like illegal according to our own laws. Like it's there, <laughs> like there are people in Hawaii going like we're not part of America still because it was never done in a legal manner. Right. It wasn't you know the sort of situation where you imagine oh there's a couple people with sticks hanging out on an island or whatever you know what I mean. There was a monarchy. There was a king. There was a queen. There was like they had relations with the UN with America and stuff like that. Their government was overthrown by a bunch of white Hawaiians who were the descendants of missionaries who wanted to prevent the Hawaiians from ruling the country themselves. Am I going into too much detail? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So have fun on your vacation. Anyway, like, yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, gonna, I'm gonna enjoy do. Maui. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, has, has anything that you've exposed on the show changed as a result of it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes, my basic cable television show is very powerful. And once, you know, once people in power see it, they say, oh, we were wrong. Yes. And we got to change everything. And, and, you know, like the Olympics pays the athletes now yeah. uh, as a result of our episode. No, but I, I think yeah. culturally, like yeah. subtle things have happened. Like the, 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 the one you did about diamonds. You know, I, yeah. think, I think culturally now we're moving away from like using diamonds as and engagement people rings. people come up to me and they say, oh, because of your show, we didn't get a diamond engagement ring for our, for our uh, mm-hmm. wedding and we're going on yeah. overseas instead. Right. Wonderful. And sometimes people come up to me and say, because of your show, we didn't circumcise our baby son. And that is a uh, very large effect to have on someone's life, I yeah. would say. <laughs> They're going to have that forever now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I can't wait for the episode of Adam Ruins Penises. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's talk briefly about your podcast, Factually, which is oh. also in the same sort of sphere of what Yeah, you do. sure. Factually, please check it out. We've been doing it for about half a year. I bring in experts, scholars, journalists, and, and have you know people who really know like the real information about whatever the hell in and just have a long, free-flowing conversation about uh, with them about like the incredible things that they know that, that most people don't. You know, so we've talked about like monopoly power and and you know the history of reconstruction and, and all these incredible topics. Really light and fun way to, to learn something new. Uh, weekly podcast, please check it out. Cool. Very, very yeah. good. All right. Thank you. Well, Adam, we're certainly happy to have you here. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Conover. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Adam and Jill Michelle, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Jill Michelle, you said you know a lot about eating clean, being the best aunt ever. And everything Drew Barrymore. Yeah. All right. Whereas, Adam, you said you know a lot about Western philosophy. 
<laughs> slight, slight change of change of gears there. Uh, the TV show Succession mm-hmm. and the history of Nintendo's Mario. Yes. All right, we've got some. Yes, we've got some interesting uh, terrain ahead of us. So later on, we're going to ask you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our "What's the Difference" round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person can steal. Your topic today: Clang, clang, clang. First up in clang, 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 Jill Michelle. Jill Michelle, they both are things that you can clang, but what is the difference between a bell and a chime? A bell and a chime. Uh, A bell has an outer shell with a metal device inside to hit both sides, and I think you have got to have effort to either pull it back and forth or a string. And I wish our listeners could see the gestures that she's (laughs) making to demonstrate (laughs) the amount of effort required to ring this head-sized, human head-sized bell that Jill is creating I talk with my hands. I can't help it. it. I like it. Okay. Uh, And then a chime, it it can actually, um, it's based more on vibration. Mm. So it doesn't need effort to be put through. It can just automatically start to move around on its own and you'll hear chimes. Do you like that? That was good. The the rare pose after an answer yes. given. I like yes, that. Thank you. Leaning back, hand on hip, ready for the photographers that are not here. Uh, all right, we have Jill Michelle's answer. Adam, what do you think? I think she's, I, I have a very slight variation on her mm-hmm. answer, but I think she put. She, she happened upon something that I think is very key, which is that a bell has a clapper. Mm-hmm. Wait, what does, I'm not going to go with it. Okay. A bell has a clapper, like the thing in the middle that hits it from the inside, yeah. whereas a chime is a solid bar that is struck from the outside by something not connected to it. All right, well, this segment is ringing hollow. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judge's table for the facts. Here are the facts. A bell is usually hollow and cup-shaped. So, you know, like a bell. It has an attached clapper inside that strikes the interior of the bell to create a sound. A chime can come in a number of shapes, box-like or tubular, or it can just be a flat piece of metal. A chime is usually struck from the outside by a mallet. Some chimes do have a clapper, but it's attached to the outside and can be activated mechanically or manually. Uh, That's right. And now, for some reason, also, bells can chime, but chimes can't bell. Helen, what does that mean as far as our score goes? (laughs) I'm going to give one point each to you. Yeah. Jill Michelle. Yeah. Jill Michelle, you did get bell correct, that it is cup-shaped and there's a a clapper inside. And, um, Adam, you got chime correct. All right, one point for each. Very good. Uh, All right, up next in Clang, 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 Adam. Adam, your question comes from a listener, Clint Tauscher of Los Angeles, California, who I believe is in our audience tonight. Hello, Clint. Uh, Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for a What's the Difference round, go to GoFactorPod.com and click Get Involved. You do not have to show up in the audience, although we always appreciate when you do. Adam, your question in the topic of Clang, Clang, Clang. According to the classic song, Clang, Clang, Clang went the trolley. But what about the tram? What is the difference between a tram and a trolley? A tram and a trolley. Oh, my God. I'm such a public transportation nerd, and this is actually giving me... Trouble. Okay, hold on a second. Um, Everybody right. hold on. Okay. Everybody I think stop holding is. on. I think what it is is that a tram is attached to an uh, electrical guide wire above, uh, the, uh, above the car, mm-hmm. right? A trolley is uh, uh, another term for a, this might not be right, but it's another term for a cable car Mm. where the cable is beneath the street and is pulling it along. However, this is complicated by the fact that tram is used 
in a lot of different contexts to refer to a lot of different types of right. vehicles. Like sometimes people call gondolas trams. Oh, um, how could and, they? Uh, like the like the Roosevelt Island tram in New York that goes sure. over, which is which is a gondola. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure of the super technical definition of tram, but that is what I'm saying for the purposes of this answer. <sighs> Sorry, I'm really stressed out by this. Because <laughs> right. I really I want to know what. It no, is. no, we get it right. I feel bad for the producers of your show. <laughs> like, okay, Adam, buckle up. <laughs> look, look, if this, uh, thank God you didn't say the word funicular, because then we'd really be off to the races. <laughs> That's where I shine. I love a funicular. I love funicular. When I travel, I travel a lot, and that's probably one among my favorite things to do. Is to I go do on a funicular. this too. My girlfriend hates this because whenever we travel, if there's a funicular in the city, yeah. I gotta get on that funicular. Yeah. Now, are you particular about your funicular? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You uh, should see the intensity in their eyes as they speak to you. So Michelle, you're getting in the way. <laughs> I don't even know. I Funicular was a sex thing. <laughs> like, no, a, funicular, yeah. a funicular is a train that goes up a mountain. Like it's right. a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's on tracks specifically right. is what distinguishes a versus a gondola, which is which is hanging. If only that were the what's the difference we were asking. Yeah. <laughs> Jill, Mich Jill Michelle, you may recall Adam's answer from minutes ago. I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. What do you think? What do you think the difference between I'm a tram and a trolley? I'm just going to say what is? I think because I totally forgot what Adam said. Now, right? Um, you could just say I, it's the opposite. You never know. A, a trolley is um, is more. Um, it just kind of glides. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'll just say that it has glides. It has a um, a motor inside of it, so okay. it can glide on the tracks. And a tram is more um, the electric um, underneath the tracks that moves uh, the tram itself. All right. Well. This segment has gone off the rails. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. A tram is any kind of streetcar-type conveyance, sometimes on tracks and sometimes free to move about on the road. A trolley is technically the pole and pulley system on top of a streetcar that connects it to overhead wires for power. So if the vehicle is getting electric power from wires above, it is a trolley car or a trolley bus. If it is getting electric power from below, then it is a tram. That's right. So it turns out that on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, that trolley is actually a tram. Mr. Rogers has been yeah. lying to us for all these years. <laughs> Look, Adam, I ruined something. Yes, yeah. you did. It Incredible. Feels good. I and like I should have figured this out because when I when you're in San Francisco, the buses that are connected to the uh, wires they call them trolley buses. Uh, trolley buses. Helen, what does that mean as far as our points go? Uh, I'm gonna say both of you bombed out on that one. Yeah, I think yeah. Adam, you, Adam, yeah. you reversed it. So uh, I'm completely yeah. humiliated. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Jill Michelle Million has one point, and Adam Conover has one point. Those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. <laughs> And now a word from our sponsor. Hey, you, listener, I'm guessing you like trivia since this is a trivia podcast, and I'm guessing you like money since this is America. Well, what if you could play trivia and win money? How much money? Up to $50,000 in cash and prizes. It's all happening at... TriviaCon. April 3rd to 5th, 2020 in Las Vegas. TriviaCon. More than 50 events scheduled over the three days, individual and team, competitive and not, covering a wide variety of topics. TriviaCon. 
The schedule is designed to be come and go, so you can play games that interest you the most and hit up the blackjack table. Trivia con. Some big names in the trivia world will be there, like Brad Rutter, Austin Rogers, Buzzy Cohen, Susanna Brooks, people who have set records on game shows like Jeopardy and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Trivia con. And it's put on by Sporkle, the online and offline trivia company with the largest trivia website in the world. Trivia con. For more information or to buy tickets, go to sporkle.com slash trivia con. That's sporkle.com slash trivia con. Helen, anything you'd like to add? TriviaCon? <laughs> Thank you, TriviaCon! Hello, this is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter by accident, realizing that I have accidentally uh, pulled my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Jill Michelle Millian with one point and Adam Conover with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Jill, Michelle, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about eating clean, being the best aunt ever, and everything Drew Barrymore. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about eating clean. Yes. You want to know more about that? <laughs> are you, are you like, do you mean you're a vegetarian? Yeah, what does oh. eating clean mean to yeah. you? Personally, I'm vegan, but when I work with individuals, it's when we want to, like, strip everything, like, clean out their system is eating clean is if you can just shop the parameters of a grocery store ah. that's actually better for you so this is not about just cleaning the food before i eat it no that's very disappointing <laughs> and, it's, and it's not about being vegan because uh, when i was a vegan i did eat potato chips and french fries oh yeah those are totally vegan yeah <laughs> but not clean yeah. but not clean and what, what is it about the topic that appeals to you personally i imagine that you eat clean yourself and you recommend it to clients but what what is it about it that's uh, been so important to you i don't eat clean all the time because oh. I do love my french fries I do love all that I love my beer and everything yeah. like that but whenever I'm in a place where I'm stressed out you know there's work that you're just like oh my gosh or you're overwhelmed or you're feeling that I just go to eating clean and all of a sudden clarity just like it pops in your head you can actually feel like this whole area just open up you're just vibrating on a different level right. of course always consult with your doctors or, and anything like that but it's also they're going to tell you too your food is right. is also your nutrients that's your medicine as well so you have to always combine just like even if you're taking a medication, some doctors will say don't take a multivitamin with that because it kind of counteracts. So always consult with your doctor. Good, about yeah, things. no, because yeah. my Lexapro is delicious. <laughs> Uh, all right, you also said you know a lot about being the best aunt ever. Yes. Tell us about that. Um, I am the best aunt ever because I come in for, like, boot camp. So uh, my sister will tell me, she'll give me a call, and she'll be like, this is what we're working on. This is what I need your help with. And then I come in as, like, the friend and get into it a different angle, and I always accomplish my mission. Like, mission accomplished, but I got to tell you, I fly into Miami to do this, and then I fly out. I'm exhausted. Parents are superheroes. I just don't know how you can do it. I can do it for increments of time, but then I got to get the heck out of there because it does start to mess with your vision and everything because you're so freaking tired. How many uh, nieces or nephews do you have? I have one niece and one nephew. So now they're at the teenage years, which I think is even the hardest because they... It messes with your vision? 
Oh, well, so me? you leave Miami <laughs> after a weekend and you're like blind? I'm totally blind. <laughs> wow. Because I haven't slept. You know that feeling where you're just like, my eyes are crossing yeah. and you're like, I am not It high. sounds like there's I a fine that. line between being the best aunt and being a mediocre parent. <laughs> Yeah. And finally, Jill Michelle, you said you know a lot about everything Drew Barrymore. I do. I love Miss Drew. I, it's so funny because I'm like one degree of separation from her, but I've never been able, I've never met her oh. or never worked with her. But uh, growing up, I, you know, my friends, they all called me the Latina Drew Barrymore, mm -hmm. and I was just just obsessed with her. And then when I came here to Los Angeles and, you know, I was auditioning for Mad TV and I was doing all my impressions and I did Drew, they were like, Oh my gosh. And that became my shtick all the time. And you guys have to see, there's old YouTube videos. I mean, they're kind of grainy because that was like VHS time. <laughs> but when they put the wig on me and everything, I completely transform. And it's like wow. so cool to watch. I really, I'm like, I love her. Yes. All right. Wow. So to summarize, Jim Michelle Melian, you said you know a lot about eating clean, being the best aunt ever, and everything Drew Barrymore. Today we want to quiz you about everything Drew Barrymore. Oh, okay. Oh we were going to do the aunt category, but your niece and nephew wouldn't talk to us. No, so. they wouldn't. They, I'm uh, sure they wouldn't. <laughs> now, when you say everything, so you're interested not just in her, her, her film work. Do you, you read her books? Do you buy her products? I, I support her and everything that she does. Okay. When it comes to, like, knowing, like, people in her life, that's okay. another story. So. All right. Well, we'll see how we do. Well, just okay. ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in everything, Drew Barrymore, to test your mastery in the subject with our expert-level question, worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Adam, do listen closely, because if Jill Michelle answers incorrectly, you have a chance to steal. Adam, by the way, how much do you know about everything Drew Barrymore? I don't know anything about Drew Barrymore. Have you heard of Drew Barrymore? From E.T.? We'll see. <laughs> All right, Joe Michelle, I think this might be your game to lose. Here's question number one. Drew comes from a long line of famous actors, none more celebrated than her grandfather and his two siblings. Name any one of these three legends of stage and screen. Any one of them? Any one of them. John Barrymore. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Uh, you can applaud. Even if it was easy, she still got it. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, John is her grandfather, Ethel and Lionel, her great aunt and uncle. John Barrymore, by the way, was known as the Great Profile. His profile was so well known that in addition to his handprints and footprints in cement in front of Grandma's Chinese Theater, he also stuck his face in the cement, and you can see his profile print there to this very day. Wait, profile like side view? Yes. Oh my God, this is why I'm getting plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I, want the, I want the thing. You want to stick your I face want... in cement? Yes. Oh, everyone has a Hollywood dream, don't they? Here's Question number two for Jill Michelle. The name of Drew's film company shares a word with her line of home, eyewear, beauty, and kids' products. What word precedes them all? Flower. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Yay. Flower films, flower home, flower eyewear, flower beauty, flower kids. Question number three. According to Box Office Mojo, which film of Drew's is to date her biggest box office hit, grossing over $435 million? That would probably be E.T., right? Is that your answer? Well, you said hers that she produced or no, that her, she was hers in? that she was in. E.T. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> E.T. the extraterrestrial. This makes you nervous up here. Just so you guys know, I am sweating. <laughs> it's, a, so it's a good workout out here. Yes. I don't have to go to the gym. I can just do the show. <laughs> Fun fact, 435 million is the gross using numbers from the box office in 1982. Adjusted for inflation, it took in nearly 1.3 billion dollars. Oh wow. Wowie. All right, you're doing very well. Somebody Here's... is phoning home good. Uh, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Question number four, you're three for three. Drew has had many accomplishments and many awards. In fact, by one count, she has won 33 awards. Name them. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, 
Which of the following accolades has she not won? Was it a Golden Globe, a Screen Actors Guild Award, an MTV Movie Award, a Kids' Choice Award, a Teen Choice Award, or a Guinness World Record? I would go with a Guinness World Record. You do have a hint available if you'd like to use Oh, okay, let's do a hint, yeah. Helen, how about that first hint? She did win a Guinness World Record. She, oh. Excellent use of the hint. (laughs) Again, those were a Golden Globe, a Screen Actors Guild Award, an MTV Movie Award, a Kids Choice Award, a Teen Choice Award, or a Guinness World Record. I'm going to go with Teen Choice Award. Helen, is it Teen Choice Award? It is Teen Teen Choice Choice Award. Award. Yes. Wow. Excellent use of the hint. Very good use of the hint. Uh, She was nominated for 13 Teen Choice Awards. It is yet to win. Uh, Fun fact, her Guinness World Record is for wearing the world's widest wig. What? She did that on The Tonight Show. It was seven feet, four inches across. The world's widest wig. <laughs> Seven feet. Say Four that inches. three times fast. World's the world's widest, widest wig. wig. Drew Barrymore, world's widest wig, yeah. Wait, yeah. she did it as a stunt? Yes, she did it deliberately to try to beat the Guinness World Record on The Tonight Show. She just randomly picked a Guinness World Record, and she was like, I'm going to get this wig. This wig one is doable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she did it. This is some of the family-friendly fun you have on The Tonight Show every night. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's good segments. Yeah. You know, that, that Colbert is just too political for me. I agree. Yes. Uh, by the way, Drew Barrymore did win a Golden Globe and a SAG Award for Grey Gardens. Mm-hmm. All right, you are four for four. Have a chance to go for five for five with this question. We began this quiz by asking about Drew's famous family, but she's also an honorary family member to some famous people. Who is Drew's godmother and Drew's goddaughter? Not the same person. Who is Drew's godmother? <laughs> okay. Also, who is her goddaughter? Okay. That would be a feat. <laughs> I do know her godfather is Spielberg, but her godmother I don't know, so can I have a hint? Helen, how about one? that second hint? Her godmother is Italian and considered one of the great beauties of the golden age of Hollywood. Okay, well, I will say her goddaughter, is that what you said? The next yes. one's goddaughter is Courtney Love's and Kurt Cobain's daughter, which is Frances, right? I believe, yes. Okay, and, and the then godmother. godmother, Italian beauty, Italian, oh my God, you guys, I don't know. Do, 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 do. I don't know. Okay, do you want to just name an Italian person you met sometime? <laughs> Pavarotti. <laughs> Helen, <laughs> Helen, is it is it Pavarotti he, and Francis? He is beautiful. <laughs> it is not. No, Pavarotti I'm terribly sorry. Adam with a chance to steal. Is Isabella Rossellini an Italian person? She could be. Is that your answer? Yeah, sure. Is it Isabella Rossellini? It is not. No, Isabella. I'm terribly oh, sorry. No. Like no. no. Yeah. Audience, do you know? No, Sophia Loren. Sophia oh, Loren is her godmother. That's not, that's not a very Italian-sounding name. I, I didn't name where's her. Where's all the pizza pie in your name? We need where's, that. Where's the, where's the vowels in Sophia Loren? <laughs> so Sophia Loren is her godmother. Her goddaughter is uh, Frances Bean Cobain, as, as you mentioned. And yes, Steven Spielberg is her uh, godfather. You still did quite well in that round, Jill Michelle. But now here's your expert-level question that requires okay. multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Nice. Well, that was a well-trained crowd. Yeah. That just made me nauseous. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Drew Barrymore has had an amazing career in Hollywood as an actor and producer, but she's also tried her hand at directing. For up to three points, what 2009 women's sports movie was the first film she directed? What was the name of the novel on which it was based, and who wrote both the novel and the screenplay? I only know the name of the movie. Okay. Whip It. All right. You want to take a guess at what the I- novel could have been named? Whip it. The book. <laughs> Again, if you want to get... Oh, no, that is your guess. You're going to say it was Whip It, all right? Whip It, the book. Thank okay, you. Whip it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different book that I have on my uh, nightstand. Uh, You're quick, dude. Thanks, that, dude. That was quick. Thanks, dude. We don't 
I don't get it. What? No, I do. I do. Want to guess the name of the person who wrote both? Um, her name is Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> All right. Helen, for some reason, is still taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is an acclaimed novelist, screenwriter, and former roller derby athlete who Ooh. wrote the book and screenplay that became the movie Whip It. It's Sean Across. Sean Across. Whoops. Yeah. Shauna, so nice to have Hi. you here. I feel like an asshole. Not at all. Like, totally Shauna, fine. Shauna, move that microphone right It's very right Sarah McLaughlin adjacent. Yes. <laughs> uh, Let me talk to you about pets. Uh, it's wonderful to have you here. Now, in addition uh, to your work on uh, Whip It, which we'll talk about, some of your other work, you wrote the screenplay for What to Expect When You're Expecting, uh, Bad Santa 2, and uh, you also have a new TV series for Amazon that we want to talk about. Yeah. So very wow. good in all of that. Yes. Yay. You wrote Bad Yay. Santa 2? That's awesome. Helen, wait, you're, wait, you're a fan wait, of this wait, movie? Wait, wait, You wrote Bad Santa 2? Well, I mean, I, yes, I helped a little bit. It, yes. With Billy Bob Thornton? Yes, I just got to hang out with Billy Bob and be... It was fun. It was fun. That's yeah. terrific. Uh, tell us about this new TV series you're doing for Amazon. It sounds amazing. We are doing... It's called Dead Town. It's about a group of subversive modern female superheroes sort of like a little female Deadpool, I guess, to have oh, awesome. a very specific mythology of sort of the deals with the women kind of left in the margins of superhero stories who kind of find their own journeys and powers. Are so. some of them okay. not going to be wearing extra tight spandex? Because that's, I think... Pretty much most of them are not. They're not all... Amen. Really? They're not like... Right, hot. ladies? Yes. Yeah, where's yes. the superheroes in overalls? Where's, yeah. where's the dress like, barn hey, superhero? Hey, I love Wonder Woman. I love her. But at a certain point, like, are you really fighting in a bustier? It right. might fall out. Like, you got to keep that stuff in. Yeah, so that's very right. good. You got to so, be a little so you, more practical. Yeah, so, so it's on Amazon. So you and Jill Michelle are Amazon streaming sisters. Yeah. Oh, we are? All right, good. Is that yeah. a thing? <laughs> Yeah, we, we just made it. All right, very good. Uh, so uh, the book was based on your experience as a roller derby competitor. Yes, so I was in one of the original Los Angeles Derby Dolls. <gasps> yeah. That's terrific. OG, OG founding member, yes. Uh, how, did the, how did Derby Dolls uh, come together? I was looking for a tennis partner on Craigslist. I had just moved to L.A., saw some girls who were planning roller derby, so we all met at Cantor's, like 15 of us, the very first time. You didn't roll... No, okay. Nobody really knew the sport. Nobody yeah. knew how to skate. Nobody knew what they were doing, but they all had already like derby names like Kid Vicious and Thorazine and Eva Destruction and could drink me under the table. And I was like, <laughs> I don't what was know. Your name? I didn't have one yet. I was Maggie oh. Mayhem originally. Kristen Wiig is my derby name in the movie. She but, has um, a derby name, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured nothing will happen with this, but I just want to hang out with these chicks. And lo and behold, we built a league and learned to skate. And yeah, it's been that's fun. Great. It yeah, that's life. great. That's great. I've been to some derby dolls matches in LA. For those listening, it's a, it's a really fun experience. And as we know from watching the movie, it can get gnarly. Oh, yeah, it it's really gnarly. Brutal. What kind it's of injuries did you sustain in your time there? I broke my arm early on, just in a practice, but mostly just just bruises. And then the sort of signature derby injury that happens a lot is because you're usually wearing fishnet tights. You get uh, bruises within the fishnet pattern that we we call that injury track rash. <laughs> and then and then you also have a uh, at the warehouse where everyone trains. There's a wall of pain where everyone has photos of their gnarliest bruises and injuries. But you know, one girl went face down and. Knocked out some teeth. We've had like dislocated shoulders. But those are, badges of, those are badges of pride. Yeah. I mostly doled out pain, then took yeah. pain. Nice. Yeah, you did. Yeah. 
So talk about how you made the book into a screenplay. Were there, were there big changes that happened from book to screenplay? I had started as a kind of screenwriter trying to get stuff going, and I remember reading that the guys who did The Matrix like had it as a comic book before they sold their movie, so I thought I'd be very clever and reverse engineer my way in the same way <laughs> and sell the book, and I ended up selling the book first, and then there was a sort of a rumor going around that there were two different competing groups of like dude writers who wanted to do like the dodgeball mocking version mm. of it. I got kind of like mad about that and hustled. I was like, okay, if someone's writing this, it should be actually someone who's experiencing it. Yes. Right. So yeah, I happened to meet Drew through some friends and she originally, Flower came on to produce it. And then once the script was in, she decided she wanted to direct it. At which point we kind of re-developed uh, it with her and kind of put a little bit of her life into it. Too, well, I love so. that you were offended and were like, this is not happening on my <laughs> yeah. watch. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was distributing the pain again there. The sport is sexy enough. Mm. It really is. There's, we're not like chicks in small skirts beating the shit out of each other. It's not like <laughs> wanting for hotness. It doesn't have to <laughs> be like all nip all the time. So, yeah. Another book on my nightstand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what did you think about uh, Drew coming on as a first-time director? She's a little, I think it's because of her persona is very smiley and sunny and that's genuine, but it also kind of is one dimension that I think the sort of stone cold, tough, <gasps> smart, hardworking, to the core chick is like under there that she's so hands-on in a way that most directors are not that... Um, Everything she does, where she is all the time, and her longevity is not an accident. That's really cool. Wait, yeah. did, did she derby in preparation? Yeah, she did. And everyone, she did? yeah, and everyone went to uh, that whole that whole crew did a um, a full derby training camp. <gasps> yeah, oh, uh, yeah, they trained for like six eight weeks before. Yeah. Are you still derbying? I'm a big fan now, but I, between I have two kids now, and right. it's, it's a real training schedule. It's like three to four times a week, and then on top of that, the amount of drinking, you know. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. and then the recovery. You make time so for that. I know I just have to keep the drinking only, so the working out falls to the side. All right, well, these are wonderful stories. We appreciate you telling them. Let's get to the reason that we brought you here, as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Jill Michelle. First, we wanted to know what was the first movie that Drew Barrymore directed. Helen, what did Jill Michelle say? She said, "Whip it." And Shauna. It was Whip It. It was Whip It. That's a point for Jill Michelle. Next, we wanted to know what was the name of the novel on which that film was based. Helen, what did Jill Michelle say? She said Whip It, the book. And Shauna Cross? It was Derby Girl. Oh. Mm. But wasn't it re-released as Whip It, the book? There was, there was there's an addendum. There was a, the publisher re-released the book as Whip It once the movie came uh, out. So it wasn't so, really based on the book then. It's up to you if you want to give her the point or not, or a half point or nothing. Or I will give you the point then. Oh, she's going to yeah, give her the I'll point. I'll give you the point. Fine. And finally, we want to know who wrote both that screenplay and that book. Helen, what did Jill Michelle say? <laughs> she said Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> was that correct? Uh, no, I'm not Sarah McLaughlin. Who <laughs> did write she's that a wonderful screenplay? Shauna Cross. Shauna Cross. <laughs> Uh, Jill Michelle, is there anything you'd like to ask or say to Shauna Cross while we have her here? I think I totally blushed when you came up. I was like, oh my God, because first of all, I'm so sorry that I called you Sarah. Oh, it's <laughs> fine. And then it's just like such an honor to like actually meet you and that you came and took the time and everything. Like that is awesome. And congratulations on everything. Women in the entertainment business, it is so awesome, and especially beautiful, compassionate women that are so smart. So I just want to say it's an honor. Thank you. Oh, that's very sweet. It was an honor. Shauna, Cross, if people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they go or watch or do? Uh, I 
There's IMDb, I guess. Okay. Do you want to mention? <laughs> there is IMDb. I can confirm that. Yeah. I believe that's how we found you. Um, <laughs> uh, do you want to just mention again where people can see your upcoming series on Amazon? It's on Amazon. It's called Dead Town. It'll be in 2020. Excellent. We look forward to seeing that, and we're so happy we got to spend time with Ms. Shauna Cross. Thank you Thank so you. much, Shauna Cross. Helen, what is her score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Jill Michelle Million has seven points, and Adam Conover has one point with a round of questions coming up. That's right. We're going to talk to Adam about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Jill Michelle and Adam will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Hi, I'm the JV Club Podcast, Janet Varney, and I used to suffer from indecision. I couldn't choose between Star Wars and Star Trek, whether to call or text, or the best way to cook my eggs. But now, thanks to my weekly dose of We Got This on Maximum Fun, my decisions are made for me. Thanks, Mark and Hal! Warning, We Got This may cause shouting, phone throwing, the illusion that the hosts can hear you, laughter on public transit, and death. We Got This with Mark and Hal. We know what's best. To go fact yourself, where our score is Jill Michelle Million with seven points and Adam Conover with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Adam Conover, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Western philosophy, the TV show Succession, and the history of Nintendo's Mario. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those very varied topics. Uh, first, you said you know a lot about Western philosophy. I was say I know a lot more about one of those topics than the other two. Um, <laughs> uh, Western philosophy, I, I picked. That was my major in college, mm-hmm. um, and. I just wanted to see how much I still know about it. Frankly, (laughs) cognitive philosophy is sort of my concentration. But I got a solid four-year undergraduate education, so I'm not saying I got more than that. So it might start paying off tonight. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I want to fucking use the thing. You know what I mean? Who are some of your favorite philosophers of that? uh... I took a class on Nietzsche. I didn't understand it, but I acted like I did. Okay. And I'm like, I can probably remember a couple of terms. All right. What did, what did you What did you think you were gonna do with that degree? I wanted to go to grad school for philosophy and like become like we want to teach. No, I wanted to be a philosopher. Um, you know, when it came time to apply to grad school, like nobody, my parents, my you know advisors, none of them were like, oh, you should. They were all like. You could. <laughs> Are you saying your your saying your school advisors said you should go into comedy instead? Well, they just I, I just was like, well, I'll just like you know think about it, think about applying to grad school. And then as I did, my college comedy group started mm-hmm. to get a little bit of heat, and you know we started putting videos on the web, and they started doing well and stuff like that. And I abandoned the idea and, and retreated from the scary idea of grad school to the safe harbor of comedy. <laughs> All right, well, that's what I did. I feel like there's a philosophical thesis just in that. Yeah, well, I sort of knew also that comedy I could do. It's like philosophy by a different name, you know? Oh. Oh, that's a real over... Did you boo that? No, we said ooh. Oh, woo, okay. Because it's very, it's very, a very highfalutin way of talking about it. Yes, it is. But I think think high is the best way to falute. (laughs) You also said you know a lot about the TV show Succession. God, it just makes every other show look like crap, doesn't it? Like, it's just the quality of the writing and the performances and the the plotting and everything. But I like that every character has a... uh, 
uh, they have a good quality that you like about them. You know, Tom really loves Shiv, you know. Uh, Kendall, like, is really sort of tries to do the right thing. But then, like, deep down, they're all the worst people. And it's an indictment of those people in their way of life as a show. Did but also, take- it's, it's funny, and it's just nice to finally have a weekly show that everyone is like, did you see it this week? And you talk about it. It's been a while since that's happened. Did you take the viral quiz of which succession character are you? Yes, and I got Shiv. Oh, you did? I got Shiv, yeah. Oh. I got the theme song. (laughs) (laughs) I love the lyrics that you added. Uh, And finally, Adam, you said you know a lot about the history of Nintendo's Mario. Yeah, this I am an expert. Yes, sir. This, This is, I know more about this than I know about anything else. Why is that? I grew up with Mario, with Nintendo. Like, my relationship with Nintendo is, like, one of the most important relationships in my life, period. (laughs) Wow. Like, I literally, because a couple years ago, they weren't doing so well. The Nintendo Switch came out, and now they're doing a lot better. But for a couple years, like, Nintendo was doing Rocky, and I was like, you know, if they just started sending me, like, a monthly fundraising email, like, I would just chip in to keep (laughs) Nintendo, to keep Nintendo going. Yeah. Because it's just, like, they set stuff up, and then, like, they'll bring back things from games that they haven't brought back for like 20 years. They'll bring back an enemy or like mm-hmm. a sprite or something. And the feeling is like, oh my God, they remembered. <laughs> like, they remembered that the Duck Hunt dog, they remembered that I used to shoot at the Duck Hunt dog and now they brought him back for Smash Brothers. It's like, it, it's incredible. And so I've played just countless hours and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just like, it's part of who I am in a deep way. Wow. Have you, have, you, said wow. You, you said it's an important relationship uh, that you have with it. Have you ever cheated and seen other video game systems? Never. No, okay. okay. I didn't no, mean to imply. I, mean, I have I, I, uh, yeah, I have a PlayStation every now and again. I got you whore! No. <laughs> uh, all right, so to summarize, Adam, you said you know a lot about Western philosophy, the TV show Succession, and the history of Nintendo's Mario. Today we're going to quiz you about the history of Nintendo's Mario. Yes! That's the one I wanted. <laughs> And a lot of the reason is I didn't want to have to learn a lot about Western philosophy in order to write a quiz. Oh, that would have been. People would have switched to another podcast We would have right made away. it interesting. Oh, what is your favorite title in the Nintendo Mario uh, oeuvre? Oh, my God. Oh, well, now that's going to take a long time well, to Well, what answer. are some of your favorite titles? <laughs> you know, Super Mario World as, like, a piece to, like, with a, for, for a new system to come out with that amount of creativity and variation in the level design is just like sort of unbelievable that they were able to do that. You are positively glowing. Yeah, <laughs> you really are. It is, you, it is like, like you are talking about like a long lost lover. It's yeah. like a spiritual thing. Yeah. It really is. All right, well, we're going to take you to church because just ahead we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic with our three-part question. Before that, to let you show off, here are your five trivia questions about the topic. If you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Now, Jill Michelle, do listen closely because you can steal if Adam somehow gets any of these wrong. <laughs> Uh, Jill Michelle, by the way, how much do you know about the history of Nintendo's Mario? I just, uh, nothing. (laughs) All right, Adam, I believe this is your game to lose. Here we go, your first question. Number one, in what 1981 arcade game did Mario first appear where he had to evade flaming barrels thrown by a big gorilla? The answer is Donkey Kong. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Donkey Kong, of course. Uh, Fun fact, Donkey Kong was originally meant to be a video game tie-in to the movie Popeye. I think we might have uh, surprised Adam with that one. All right. Question number two. Mario doesn't just appear in video games. Which wrestler played Mario on TV in the live-action Super Mario Brothers Super Show? Say it with me. Captain Lou Albano. Helen? That is I don't, correct. That is correct. Let me tell you something. Yes. 
if you had asked me a question about his wrestling career, I could yeah. not have answered it for you. <laughs> All right. I only know him as Mario. <laughs> By the way, I, I really admire Adam's technique of getting the audience to say it with him. Right. So in case he's wrong, he just uh, <laughs> mouths what they say. Fun fact, Captain Lou Albano was inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame in 1996. A lot of our listeners will know him as playing Cindy Lauper's father in the video for Girls Just Want to Have Fun. All right, question number three. What Mario title did the Guinness Book say was the most influential video game of all time since 50 knockoffs of it came out in the two years after its release? What? Oh, wow. Um, do hint available if you'd like to use the hint. Yeah, give me, a, give me a hint on this. Helen, one. how about that first hint? Some of the titles inspired by this game include Smurf Racer, Muppet Race Mania, Woody Woodpecker Racing, and Atari Karts. This would, of course, be uh, Mario Kart. Hopefully you're asking for the franchise and not a particular cartridge. Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart, Mar Mario Kart 64. Sure. All right, look at the two, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer was Super, Super Mario Kart. Super Mario Kart, Super but it was Mario obvious. Kart. I anyway. knew all of these. Oh, if only he got them wrong. <laughs> the knockoffs, the knockoffs would have come in the 64-bit era, I feel. So, fun fact: that first title was Super Mario Kart. That was released in 1992. The latest iteration, Mario Kart Tour, was released exactly two weeks ago today. Uh, question number four: There have been a lot of Nintendo titles featuring Mario, but which of the following is not a real Nintendo Mario game? Doctor Mario. Mario's Circus, Mario's Time Machine, Mario is Missing, Hotel Mario, or I Am Teacher Super Mario Sweater. I Am Teacher Super Mario Sweater? That like, is... Like I, spelled like a pullover? Spelled like, like, yes, a jumper they might call it in uh, the UK. I want a hint for this one, too. Helen, how about that second hint? The correct answer is not I Am Teacher Super Mario Sweater. <laughs> so that one is real. That I'm, one's real. I'm, I'm baffled by that title. Um... <laughs> I'm going to say Mario Circus. Now, uh, you want an explanation for my answer? Sure. Normally, they give Mario a job, and <laughs> so I could imagine him as a bellhop more than... I, I don't remember ever seeing a piece of Mario art where he's wearing like a lion tamer outfit or anything like that, so I'm going to say it was Mario Circus. The, the best part of hearing you think it out loud is that if you're wrong, it really helps out Jill Michelle. Uh, so again, your answer is... Mario Circus. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Wow. Yes. yes. Wow. I'm sorry. This, this means too much to me. <laughs> no, no, no. We love it. We so love it. So well thought out. Yes. That's, and that is the one we made up, and, and you exactly got the reason why, why it was uh, false. Uh, you, you should be a detective. Yeah. <laughs> you are four for four have a chance for going five for five. No more hints are available. Okay. Here is question number five. Mario's brother is, of course, Luigi. The name is a pun, though. What does Ruigi mean in Japanese? Luigi. Um, you know, I'm not sure, and I'm going to hazard a guess. I'm going to say brother. Helen, does it mean brother? It does not. No, I'm brother. terribly sorry. Jill, Michelle, with a chance to steal. Ruigi means like the runt, <laughs> the runt of the litter, kind of. Yeah. Helen, is it the runt of the litter, kind of? Yeah. It is not. No, no. I think, I think not. I'm sorry, no points for either of you. I think the hint might have helped. Helen, what would that hint oh, have been? Shoot. Ruigi, Luigi. Ruigi, Luigi. Ruigi, Luigi. Ruigi, Luigi. Ruigi, Luigi. Because the answer was similar or repeated. Similar oh. or repeated. Yes, that was a tricky one. That was a question number five. You still did very well in that round, Adam. It's amazing how hard I'm taking this. <laughs> <laughs> Crestfallen. <laughs> uh, and now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. 
We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Okay. Mario didn't just appear out of nowhere. He has a history. For up to three points, what Japanese game designer is credited with creating the character of Mario? What former president of Nintendo is credited with naming him Mario? And what was Mario called before he had the name Mario? Shigeru Miyamoto mm -hmm. created the character of Mario. Okay. It was which president of Nintendo? Which former president of Nintendo, yes. The name of the president of Nintendo of Japan at the time was Yamuichi. Okay. And the last question was just... What was he called before he was called Mario? Jumpman. All right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is an author who has been featured in the New York Times, NPR, and Forbes, and who wrote the book Super Mario, How Nintendo Conquered America. It's Jeff Ryan. Jeff Ryan. <laughs> Hello, Jeff Ryan. Hey, everyone. It's a me. <laughs> it's a you, Jeff. We look, we look disconcertingly similar for another guy who knows a lot about Mario. <laughs> Where and what game did he actually say, it's a me, Mario? Or was that just on TV? No, no, he started in a whole series of games. They, uh, the man who does that is named Charles Barnett, and they bring him in every single time to record like the same three lines <gasps> over and over again. What? Wow. And so what are the three lines besides it's a me, Mario? Woohoo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not uh, delivering it in character. I'm right, simply of reading. I'm, yeah. And, and the other one? Uh, it's another variant. Another of variation yeah. of Woohoo, I'm a, I'm a Mario. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, well, I want to start off by thanking you for being here, especially because you flew here from New Jersey to be with us just here tonight. <laughs> what? So yeah. thank you for doing that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. yeah. Now, you also are no stranger to uh, the Maximum Fun family. Tell us about that. Oh, yes. Uh, I went to my first Max Fun Con uh, this summer with my wife. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and I have to say it was a special treat for us because I believe you were the first expert we've ever approached uh, for this show who has heard of our show before. Ooh. So that was really that was a big moment for us. Uh, we're going to talk more about, about Nintendo and about your book, but I want to uh, mention another book that you wrote more recently, uh, which is called uh, Mouse Divided, which is about the history of Disney. Um, Adam, I think this will appeal to you. The promo for it says, almost everything you know about Mickey Mouse is wrong. Oh. <laughs> he wasn't Disney's first star. Steamboat Willie wasn't his first movie. Mickey wasn't a nice guy, and Walt Disney didn't invent him. What? So you might as well call it, Jeff Ryan Ruins Disney. Incredible. <laughs> Oswald the Rabbit? That, uh, I pitched it as Jeff Ryan Ruins Disney, but they wanted a better title. Than oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, what, why did you want to write about uh, Disney and, and, and debunking that kind of uh, th thoughts that people have well, about it? Well, because I had written about Mario, and what Nintendo has done with Mario really, really basically apes what Disney did with Mickey Mouse. So I wanted to see how Disney created the template in the first place 50 mm. years before anyone else did. So uh, how did Nintendo conquer America? Because that is the, the subtitle of your book. Uh, they did it via Donkey Kong, but it was an accident because they thought uh, they thought that a game called Radar Scope, which is a Space Invaders knockoff, was going to be the, the thing that brought them into America. They made 3,000 of these cabinets and shipped them to America, and they couldn't sell them. So they ended up, as a game changer, ripping out the motherboard and asking someone who had never designed a game before, who was painting the cabinets, basically, to come <laughs> up with the game. That guy was Shigeru Miyamoto, who became the world's greatest game designer, and the game he designed was Donkey Kong. That was the most literal use of the word game changer. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, Helen. Thank you. Uh, but how was he as a cabinet painter? He was, he was pretty good. The original <laughs> radar scopes are actually painted red, and all of the regular Donkey Kongs are 
blue. So the next time you see a Donkey Kong cabinet, look to see if it's red or blue. If it's red, you are seeing one of the original 3,000 Donkey Kong what? cabinets. Wow. Uh, so uh, I mentioned in a fun fact earlier that Donkey Kong was originally meant to be a promotional tie-in to the movie Popeye. Tell us about how that uh, came to be and then didn't come to be. Because Popeye, I think, was delayed, they weren't able to make a tie-in that they, they wanted to. But the original idea was that Bluto was going to be Donkey Kong and Mario was going to be Popeye and uh, Pauline, the, the female character, was going to be Olive Oil. In the movie that came out, Robin Williams played Popeye. Robin Williams became a huge video game fan and his daughter is named Zelda. Oh. Based on the, the Legend of Zelda. Yep. Now, uh, in the Mario sort of uh, universe, is there, the, the, how many titles do you think they have come up with? We mentioned some of the weirder ones. Yeah, there's, uh, there was, when I wrote this, there was about 200. There's probably close to 250 now mm -hmm. because he is, he is in like eight or nine different franchises concomitantly at the same time. Right. They, there's a month that doesn't go by that another Mario title of some sort doesn't come out eventually. Mm -hmm. Now, Adam mentioned one of the things that he liked is that they bring characters back from older games. Is that something that's, that's done on purpose to, to please people like Adam? Oh, yes, exactly. Like, Mr. Game & Watch has come back, and Game & Watch was the, uh, uh, before there were even a video game console, they made handheld games, mm -hmm. and Mr. Game & Watch was a character that moved around via LCD, and they brought him back as a Smash Brothers character. And that's, that's a deep cut there. <laughs> deep cut. And they do that on purpose for their fans who would notice. Yes. Oh, and uh, Helen, going back to earlier in the show, I asked Shigeru Miyamoto about this. Mario's mustache color and his hair color do not match. <gasps> and Mr. Miyamoto said that Mario has had work done. <gasps> Helen's in good company. Mario has had work done and so will I. <laughs> All right, it's wonderful to talk to you about this subject. Let's get to the reason we brought you as far as our game is concerned. I loved all of that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. All right, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Adam. First, we wanted to know what Japanese game designer is credited with creating the character of Mario. Helen, what did Adam say? Adam said Shigeru Miyamoto. And Jeff Ryan? That's correct. That is correct. A point for Adam. Next, we want to know what former president of Nintendo is credited with naming him Mario. Helen, what did Adam say? Adam said Yamoichi. And Jeff Ryan? Ooh, okay. This is very close, but also wrong. Aww. So, uh, the person you're trying to say is Hirochi Yamauchi. I see. The, one of the six guys in the warehouse. I see. Is who named him Mario? Yes. Okay, can I... Now, you don't have to give me the point, but can I, can I guess who it was? Yeah. Okay, was it Howard Phillips? No, it okay. wasn't no. Howard Phillips. He was, he was later. It was pretty close yeah, to Howard Phillips, later. though. What is his name? Uh, Minoru Arakawa. <laughs> so close. <laughs> or is it Arakawa? Yes. <laughs> it's always Avakawa. Sorry, no point there. It means Howard Phelps in Japanese. Yes, it does. Uh, and finally, wanted to know what was Mario called before he had the name Mario. Helen, what did Adam say? Adam said Jumpman. Jeff Ryan? That is 100% That is correct. correct. Another point for Adam. Uh... Adam Thank is, you. Adam, is there I any, got a cheering section. You really do. Adam, is there anything you'd like to ask or say to our uh, expert while we have him here? Oh, there's so, there, I mean, there's so much that we have to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like yeah. you and I could just, could just, go, for, could just go for hours. Um, you know, I, uh, uh, I never met Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, I, had the, I had the opportunity to meet him once, and it passed me by. I won't go into the story, or I might start crying. But um, <laughs> uh, what's he like? 
He's he's great. He gave me a little Pikmin uh, when I met him. He did? Yes, he did. <laughs> a pick a Pikmin? A red Pikmin. A red Pikmin? <laughs> a red Pikmin. <laughs> now, of course, I know what that means, but for those who don't, what, what the hell are you nerds talking about? Okay. Pikmin is, a, is a, uh, a series that Shigeru Miyamoto created. It's one of his later creations. It's very personal to him and to me. <laughs> and as these cute little these cute little forest creatures who go, uh, you, they dig holes and they get attacked by monsters and things. Um, do you treasure it? Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's great, yeah. <laughs> Can Adam, can Adam touch it? <laughs> it's in New Jersey. <laughs> well, finally a reason to go to New Jersey. Uh, wow. Yeah, we love all of our listeners, but even they know. Come on. Uh, Jeff, if people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they go? What can they read? Uh, the new book is A Mouse Divided. It's new in paperback that just came out this summer. Uh, you can get it wherever books are sold, online or in brick-and-mortar stores. And there's audible versions as well for both. Excellent. Yep. Thanks so much for being here. We're so happy to have met Mr. Yep. Jeff Ryan. Yeah. Helen, how about a score recap as we go into the final round? It is a tie game. Both Jill Michelle Melian and Adam Conover each have seven points. All right. It is now time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Jill Michelle and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Jill Michelle, in California, you can buy wine at Target stores. True. Correct. Thank God. Adam, <laughs> Target is the largest wine retailer in the United States. Mm, false. Correct. Jill Michelle, Walmart is the largest wine retailer in the United States. False. Correct. Adam, Trader Joe's is the largest wine retailer in the United States. <sighs> True. Incorrect. No, Costco. Flicked out. Costco is the largest. Jill Michelle, there is a brand of wine named after Axel Rose. True. Correct. Adam, that brand of wine is called Axel Rose. <laughs> I mean, rosé is that corny, so true. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Jill Michelle, John Bon Jovi has a brand of wine. False. Incorrect. No, it oh really does. God. Adam, one of John Bon Jovi's wines was recently named Best Rosé by Wine Spectator magazine. That's so stupid. It's got to be true. Correct. It is. <laughs> Jill Michelle, one of John Bon Jovi's wines is called Wanted, Red or Alive. <laughs> I'm just going to say true. Incorrect. No, I'm sorry. Adam, one of John Bon Jovi's wines is called Resleeving on a Prayer. False. Correct. Jill Michelle, one of John Bon Jovi's wines is called Bad Medicine Vendel. These are awesome. Um, that would be false. Adam, <laughs> one of John Bon Jovi's wines is called You Give Love a Champagne. <laughs> false. Jill Michelle, one of John Bon Jovi's wines is called Blaze of Grigio. <laughs> False. Adam, one of John Bon Jovi's wines is called Slippery When White. <laughs> False. Uh, and finally, Jill Michelle, I have about 20 more Bon Jovi wine puns I would like to give. False. We're not going to count those last few. No, Let's give it is true. It is true. I do have 20 more. Let's give a nice hand to both Adam Conover and Jill Michelle Melian as Helen tabulates the final score. I didn't say say it ain't Sauvignon, because I didn't think enough people would know that one. <laughs> Helen, are you ready to pronounce a winner on today's show? I am at the end of the game. Jill Michelle Melian has 10 points, and Adam Conover has 11 points. By one point. 
Congratulations, Adam Conover. Oh, thank you. You were the fact that He ruins everything. He really did. <laughs> you, you ruined Jill Michelle's evening. Oh, uh, no. What are you going to do with your facting championship, Adam? Oh, my. I'm going to go home and play video games. I bet you are. Now it's just an opportunity for all of our guests to promote whatever they would like. Jill Michelle, where can people find you? What do you have going on? Uh, you guys can find me on Amazon Prime for White Latina, on my website, JillyOnline.com, and on social media, at JillyOnline. It's wonderful to have you. Thank Finally you. Finally, you in person, Thank Jill Michelle Melian. Adam Conover, what about you? Uh, please listen to my podcast, Factually, and if you want to learn, if you're a curious person, you like to learn stuff, and uh, Adam Ruins Everything's all over Netflix and wherever you get your streaming. Excellent. Wonderful to have you, Mr. Adam Conover. Thank you. You lucky, lucky people are lucky and wonderful and fortunate to have as your hosting partner, the beautiful inside and out, Miss Helen Hong. Yay! You can find my performance calendar at HelenHong.com. I will be at Zany's in Chicago November 14th through 17th. Come and see me. Come and see her, she's Helen Hong. You'll be glad you did. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith, on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leads me to thank Jill Michelle Melian, Adam Conover, Shauna Cross, and Jeff Ryan. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton, good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Lobot Lobot did. He, she, or they said it's infectious to hear people speak passionately about things they care about. My Google history is so much more cultured now. Instead of How Tall Tom Cruise, now it's things like Art Made Out of Bugs and Divorce Ranch Can I Stay. <laughs> Thanks, Lobot Lobot. Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Stephen Cologne is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Allison Rosen, Sonia Weiser, Clint Tauscher, Cliff Roberts at Syndicate Entertainment, Wilfredo Perdoma at Barrymore Brands, Mike Avellanos, Carol Davis, Dave Bianchi, Eric Tran, and Christine Vallada. I've been Helen Hall! Let's go play a Mario! Hey, it's Jake Heath again. Here's a little bit of what you're going to hear on the next episode of Go Fact Yourself. She is a comedy writer who's written for Rugrats, Teen Titans Go, and who created and starred in the IFC show Neurotica. It's Jenny Jaffe! Jenny Jaffe is here! Hi, Jenny! For my 10th birthday, we went to the San Diego Zoo, and I got to be interviewed on the news <gasps> about what? pandas, and my quote was, I love pandas, I think they're so cute. Still true. <laughs> <laughs> He is an Academy Award-winning screenwriter and actor who played Dean Pelton on Community. It's Jim Rash! Jim Rash! I am not one to not love a good self-help book. I've read a lot of them. If Instagram, is there somebody who does those, abundant, you know, like, quote of the day, I will follow that. I mean, the easiest one is sort of like, it's not about what's happening to you, it's how you're <laughs> reacting to what's happening to you. And I don't do that. I just stress about what's happening to it. That's Go Fact Yourself here at Maximum Fun every first and third Friday of the month. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.